Hi, this is Gaurav from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, July 27th, and the top stories of the day are just days after a meeting took place between US President Donald Trump and Pakistani Prime Minister Imran Khan, the Pentagon on Friday notified Congress of its decision to approve military sales worth 125 million US dollars to Pakistan. That would include 24-7 end-use monitoring of the F-16 fighter jets in the country, reported PTI. However, US officials asserted that the freeze in security assistance to Pakistan on Trump's direction since January 2018 was still in place and the latest decision would help it in 24-7 end-use monitoring of the F-16 fighter jets in the country as this would require the assignment of 60 contractor representatives there to assist in the oversight of the F-16 program. A State Department spokesperson told Press Trust of India, and I quote, There has been no change to the security assistance suspension announced by the President in January 2018. As the President reiterated this week, we could consider the restoration of certain security assistance programs consistent with the broader tenor of our relationship. Close quote. He added that this proposed sale would support the foreign policy and national security of the United States by protecting American technology to the continued presence of U.S. personnel that provide 24-7 end-use monitoring. According to the U.S. Defense Agency's statement, the Pakistan government had requested continued technical support including United States government and contractor technical and logistic support, as well as other related aspects of logistical support in order to assist in the quote-unquote oversight of operations in support of the Pakistan Peace Drive Advanced F-16 program. The program has increased the total number of F-16 fighter jets ordered by Pakistan to 54. The Pakistan Air Force had received its first F-16 in 1982. The last meeting between Trump and Khan had sparked a controversy since during it, Trump claimed that Prime Minister Narendra Modi had asked him to mediate in the Kashmir conflict between India and Pakistan. India denied Trump's claims, but the United States said that the quote-unquote president does not make things up. Times Live reported on Friday that South African President Cyril Ramphosa has submitted an affidavit to the Inquiry Commission on the topic of quote-unquote state capture. He declared in the affidavit of his meetings with the controversial Gupta brothers and also asked the State Capture Commission to make his affidavit public. The Indian-born Gupta brothers, namely Ajay, Atul and Rajesh, are known to be close to former South African President Jacob Zuma and have been accused of state capture, a term coined to describe how the family allegedly used its relationship with Zuma to influence state contracts, cabinet appointments and procure several multi-million dollar deals in the country. In the affidavit, Ramaphosa said that his interactions with the Gupta family were only at events, quote-unquote, when nothing of any consequence was discussed. He also claimed that he had never interacted with them beyond pleasantries. However, Ramfosa did mention an instance in April 2016 when Rajesh Gupta had met the president and made a presentation on the Gupta family's business model. According to IOL News, the affidavit read, and I quote, The only occasion on which matters of substance were discussed was when the Gupta brothers requested a meeting with African National Congress officials to discuss the situation in relation to closure of their bank accounts and at which was also raised the controversy around them and their relationship with the then-president Jacob Zuma. Close quote. The Justice D.K. Trivedi Commission, which probed the death of two children studying at a residential school run by controversial godman Asaram in Ahmedabad in July 2008, has given a clean shit to him and his son Narayan Sai. The Commission's report, submitted to the Gujarat government way back in 2013, was tabled in the Assembly on Friday, almost six years later. On July 5, 2008, the bodies of a 10-year-old and 11-year-old were found on the banks of the Sabarmati River at a school run by Asaram, reported PTI. The children had been missing for two days. 
Parents had claimed that the children died after Asaram and his son had performed black magic rituals on them. According to PTI, the commission's report read, and I quote, There is no evidence to suggest that in the ashram, Asaram ji and his son Narayan Sai performed tantric vidhi, close quote. However, the commission did add that the school authorities had been negligent in the case and that it was not tolerable. Asaram is currently serving a life term for raping a minor, while his son is also serving a life sentence in a sexual assault case. BJP lawmaker and Lok Sabha Deputy Speaker Rama Devi has said that she will never forgive Samajwadi Party leader Azam Khan, even if he apologizes for his remarks made to her in Parliament earlier this week. In an interview with NDTV, Rama Devi said that Azam Khan insulted the chair twice, once by making the comment and secondly by not apologizing instantly. She said, and I quote, When he gave this statement, I was sitting in the chair of the Speaker. Azam Khan was speaking directly to the MPs when I asked him to address the chair. But soon after, he used words which cannot be repeated here. Close quote. She also said that she could have given a strong retort at the time, but didn't speak out due to respect for the chair. In its report, NDTV said that it had learned Azam Khan will be asked to furnish an unconditional apology in Parliament on Monday, failing which, tougher action could be taken against him. However, this doesn't seem to have Ramadevi convinced. She said, and I quote, If Azam Khan had apologized for his indecent statement on the same day, I would have forgiven him. He even walked off on Thursday post-making this comment, adding insult to injury. If he apologizes and is forgiven, then I do not want to witness this in the House. I will tell the Speaker that Azam Khan has not only embarrassed Ramadevi, but women across the country have been insulted. I will tell the Speaker Om Birla that Azam Khan needs to be given such exemplary punishment that is remembered for generations to come. Close quote. The incessant rainfall in Mumbai disrupted train services on Saturday, with the Mahalakshmi Express, which runs between Kolhapur city of Maharashtra and Mumbai, getting stopped en route. According to Central Railway Authorities, the Railway Protection Force, or RPF, as well as Mumbai police personnel have reached the location where the train is held up. As of 1.15 this afternoon, around 500 passengers have been rescued, reported ANI. Chief Minister Devendra Fadnavis has instructed the Chief Secretary to monitor rescue operations, and a team of 40 NDRF personnel has been deployed for the rescue operations as well. The CBI has summoned Trinamool Congress leader Derek O'Brien in connection with a probe into a chit fund scam case. According to the Hindu, O'Brien has been told by the agency to join the probe in Kolkata in the first week of August. Earlier also, the agency had issued summons to O'Brien in the Sarada scam case. The matter relates to proceeds from the sale of paintings of Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee, which were allegedly used to expand Jago Bangla, the mouthpiece of the party. In January this year, O'Brien said he would go to the CBI office in Kolkata once the parliament session was over. At the time, the CBI had also questioned Mamta Banerjee's aide Manik Majumdar in the matter. Before I exit, I'd recommend that all of you listening to this podcast take five minutes out during the course of the day and read a piece written by NL's newest sharpshooter, Veena Nair. It describes, in some detail, how the latest amendments proposed for the Right to Information Act will dilute the power of journalists to uncover information and unearth corruption. Veena looks back at some of the major scams that journalists have uncovered via the RTI Act and why autocratic control over this tool could prove to be dangerous going ahead. You know, it takes a lot of time, effort and resources to recruit reporters like Veena. We do it for you, dear subscribers, because we want to bring you concise, correct and clear-cut information. There is a lot of preparation and hard work that all of us here at News Laundry put into the reports that we churn out on a daily basis. Personally, it makes reporters like me feel less anxious, knowing that there are people out there who believe in an independent media. So please, do subscribe to newslaundry.com and pay to keep news free. 
We're a small team doing the best we can with the limited resources at hand and can use all the support we can get. Plus, an added benefit for all you subscribers out there is that you will get free entry to the Media Rumble 2019, which will be taking place at the India Habitat Center in New Delhi on August 2nd and 3rd. Well, that's all the news we have for you today, folks. Have a good night or a great day, depending on where you're listening to us from. See you on Monday. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.